Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. We're down here on the beach. And oh my God, what a beautiful morning it is. The sand is soft and warm. The ocean's crashing in, it's quite big waves. The sun's rising up over the beach. It's just paradise. Such a beautiful place to be. I wish you all here with me. In fact, you already are, you know that. We journey through this life together, all of us, whether we ask for that or not. We resonate with each other, we listen. Senses tune into each other's worlds and it's such a beautiful opportunity to accept that we belong to communities without having to be belong to a like-minded community. We can belong to a like soul, like spirit community which doesn't need compliance. It celebrates diversity, celebrates individuality, and yet gets joined together in the beauty and the love of nature. A funny thing happened to me this weekend. My beautiful apartment, which is now, as you know, the apartment of a bachelor. I've spent quite a significant amount of time redecorating it and making it really just the way I love it. And I've moved furniture backwards and forwards and out to the front and back to the back. And I've moved everything around the kitchen and finally got it to be the way I love it. And my wonderful neighbor, Eileen, has come in from time to time and said, we should move this here or put this plant there. And she calls it a woman's touch which I find quite uh, embarrassing really because it's what she means by that and she means it in a very beautiful way, the, the feminine aspect of environment. I've got my statues and I've got my incense burning, I've got my beautiful Nepalese pictures, my scarves, blessed by the Dalai Lama, I've got just pictures of my grandkids. I've got pictures all around. The floor's clean. Carpets are there. I've got nature all over the house with greenery. I would have thought that my house was filled with what they call the female, the feminine, the woman's touch. But Eileen comes in and she goes, well, it's a bit grubby. And I go, what do you mean? I just vacuumed and polished. Well, she, she goes and finds a skirting board somewhere in the room that's <laughs> covered in, well, you could say dust, but I would say mud. <coughs> she finds my sunglasses sitting on the mantelpiece, not put away in the drawer. And she just goes around and tinkers with things. And I just come to realize how bloody gross my definition of that sensu sensitivity, that sensuality, how gross my definition is of the feminine touch, that I thought I had it on board and had laid out the house with such beauty. But she just shows me every time she comes in with such sensitivity to, to the environment. And of course, she's an extreme of it because She's a yogini and single. 
And so her feminine touch is not expressed through intimacy uh, in bed. It's expressed through her creation of a sanctuary and her yoga school down at White City is attended by people who say when White City gets bulldozed they'll build her another one because they need a sanctuary like that. And you walk inside her yoga school and it's got this energy just hits you. And yes, I could build a yoga school like that. I have in fact, two. But I could never imbue it with what she brings. And she brings it because it's not expressed in the way I express it, which is in sexuality and sensuality and touch, feel, intimacy and connection with other people. She does it through placement, thoughtfulness, mindfulness of where things are and what they look like, and mindfulness of tidiness and organization. She never throws anything. I take my hat off and I throw it on the door handle. She takes her hat off and places it where it's meant to be. It's a really strange witnessing for me to have as to how there was a blind spot in my own environmental awareness that I love trees and flowers and insects and I love everything outdoors on the sand. I can see every, every grain of sand. I can see the ocean wave after wave. I see the horizon and the clouds. I can see all this. Witness it in Nepal. I can tell you nearly every rock on the way from Lukla up to base camp, every corner, every turn, I know it. I've absorbed it, let it in, witnessed it. But in my own space, my office, <clears throat> I've turned it very, what you call zen. And yet, the way I place my car keys when I come in, or my house keys, where I put things on my desk, I'm blind. I had a guy come over, my Pilates teacher came over to do a bike fit for me with an ergonomic uh, theme of getting my seat and my triathlon bars in a really good alignment for my fused spine. And after the Pilates class the other day, he said, I really, we should look at your bike. And so he, he offered to come over for professional bike fit. And uh, I thought I got the house really ready, the bathroom looked nice, everything, you know, I was mindful that I didn't want him to feel uncomfortable in a, in a lived-in environment. The cleaners hadn't come for a few days and I'd been busy and so I'd let things a little bit slide in the bathroom so I gave everything a bit of a, a going over and I had the house, what I thought was looking great, and invited him in. He went we went to the front of the house and looked at the balcony and he goes oh my god this is the best apartment in the world i said i know he went into my office and went oh my god the feng shui of this office is spectacular i said yes i worked really hard to get the feng shui in here absolutely spot on my computer is not cluster cluttering my face i look out across my desk i see the world the universe i've got statues everywhere and i've got beautiful uh, mandalas to meditate on during uh, my working day so that I stay in a really 
loving, caring space. And then after we finished the bike fit, I said, let me show you the rest of the house. And we walked down. We got to the dining room through the lounge, uh, where, which is pretty functional, my lounge. It's got, you know, a beautiful West Elm couch and an old vintage couch that needs recovering that I've kept from Country Road for nearly 20-something years. And it's my pride and joy antique that's a complete wreck of the Hesperus. But anyway, that's going to be a project next year. And I get all the way down to the dining room and kitchen and I'm actually walking him through it to get him to the back door to look at our amazing backyard. And he stops and he goes, oh my God, this is the best part of your house. Look at the kitchen with the serving window and the benches and the cooktops. Look at the kitchen and the dining table. And he went ballistically inspired. And I thought, well, that's bloody funny. You know, it, firstly, it ages me because when I grew up, the kitchen and that dining room was, was more functional than it was aesthetic. It was not the world in which I wanted to resonate and function. And so my kitchen is in what I think is a place where I store food, cook it when I need to, and clean it all the time to keep it spruiked. But for him, it was entertainment, friendship, guests, romance, intimacy, cooking, flavors, smells, senses, and he just went nuts over my, what I thought was functional back end of the house. And it just makes you appreciate how people see things different, but how his feminine aspect, the aspect of him that's incredibly feminine, even though he's very built like a, a, a brick toilet, he's strong, he's got his Pilates going on, he's a bike rider and he's healthy and young and male and all these things. He, he expresses a massive amount of his feminine energy down there in the cook world, in the social world, in the intimacy world, in the world of friendships and connections and dinner parties and things. And it just makes you appreciate different people's values and different people's ways of expressing that feminine energy. And it also pushed back on me at a little bit how I hadn't fully replaced Lotta in her departure. She used to manage that end of the house really well. She used to, she, everything in the kitchen was placed in a way that she thought was perfect. I always looked at it and thought, well, that's not very functional. As a consultant, I would have changed it around, and I did. But for her, it was the aesthetic and the beauty of it. And even though things were dusty and dirty when she was there, they weren't dusty and dirty for very long. So I realized that I really needed to up my game and express this, this uh, creativity, this sensuality, this sensitivity in both my office needed to bring, I needed to bring it up a, a notch uh, with not such functional and make sure I place things with mindfulness in there. I need to also be a little bit like Eileen and not just express my sensuality and sexuality through uh, intimacy and emails and connection with, uh, uh, with a woman, but I also need to respect and understand how I can in, in, invest in 
being a little bit more thoughtful about where things are. I've got a piece of paper on my desk that I want to go through and it's really important to me. But the reason I've left it on my desk is to remind me to go through it. And yet there it is, it's clutter. So I, I, I can see the opportunity to evolve. And I don't beat myself up for being in this way unevolved. I was in a, I was blindfolded a little bit because somebody else was doing it for me a little bit. Uh, some paradigm that I have means I was expressing my, my feminine side, my intimacy and my creativity through uh, the connection to uh, a beautiful human being. And now I can suddenly realize that I can also evolve as well as that and express it through the beautiful environment. So I will get Eileen, my neighbor, to come in and have a squiz at my house and give me some more suggestions as to where I could make this place a little more beautiful because she'll see it with her eyes and her eyes are much more educated and trained in this topic than mine because she's, nothing's ever missing, it just changes in form and she's been single for 20 years or 20 more years ever since our relationship finished and she's expressed that aspect of herself both through her yoga, her treatment of her own body, her health, through her environment at the yoga school and through her home, which if you walk into her home, just, it's still just the same apartment as mine. It's the, next, it's the flat next door, but you get a, a most magnificent vibe from that. And she's pretty strict about it too. She has a guy uh, flatmate staying with her, David, who has Parkinson's quite severely, and she's very strict because he's completely clumsy on all these matters. And she's very strict with him, telling him off about leaving dishes on the sink, things in the fridge, what have you. Her nose is continually picking up scent to see where things need to be refreshed and revitalized. So it's, it's kind of like magnificent to watch the expression of sensuality and sensitivities and sexuality in a different form than just intimacy uh, and connection to the skin of another human being, which is how I love it. So a big evolution for me over the weekend, a big awakening. Uh, my client also uh, has gone to non-alcoholic wine and beer and he says that, that for 12 months they buy from a certain shop, uh, get it delivered, wines and beers and so they don't ever feel like they're, they've abandoned the, the whole uh, celebration universe by drinking disgusting soft drinks and stuff, what they've done is they've chosen some really healthy, probably organic if I know him, non-alcoholic wines and they pay dearly for them because with most <clears throat> non-alcoholic products they make the product and then they extract the alcohol so the flavour is exactly the same 
the only difference is after a whole bottle of it you can still stand up so nothing's ever missing just changes in form and my friend who is <coughs> and my client who is also learning to be a business coach uh, and I'm training has found a substitute nothing's ever missing just changes in form for alcohol and that is to maintain the celebration aspect to maintain the cooling effect of a nice beer on a hot day to stick with some of the big benefits but to shift some of the uh, mentally and emotionally and physically draining aspects of uh, wine and beer away by not having the alcohol component. Now, if you think about it, if you say, I don't want non-alcoholic wine, what you're saying is it's the alcohol that makes the difference. So what is alcohol? Alcohol is a way of aging your body, acidifying your body. Alcohol is a way of numbing your mind. So there are some benefits to it if life is shit. But there's also extraordinary drawbacks, especially to your mental health. And in the top of the consciousness cone, in the desire to choose to love to, I think alcohol might be one of the things that we all need to look at carefully because it can, unbeknownst to us, drop us into gotu during the consumption of it and in the next day. So that's food for thought. Hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast. Please share it around if you have. Uh, anyway, it's time for an ocean swim. I'm really ready for it right now. It's warmed up. In we go. Bye for now.